Welcome to the Financial Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how to build your practice from startup to scale up while being the kind of coach your clients crave. Finally, a podcast for financial coaches. Here are your hosts, Maria Casillas and Cody Sizemore. All righty. Well, welcome back, guys, to the Financial Coaches Podcast. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about the whole topic of budgeting and you know the mindset behind it and the different types of it um, because I think that sometimes we as coaches and myself included I'm actually excited for this this episode to kind of unpack things with Maria but I think that sometimes we kind of get stuck with something that works for us um, mm-hmm. us specifically and and maybe that doesn't always work for all of our clients you know, so yeah. having different options uh, for different types of people is very important. Um, so that's what we're going to be talking about today. Awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited for this. I know that when we, like you hit the nail on the head, when we do something ourselves and it works, we get so excited about that and we wanted to share it with the world. And there are going to be several people that that specific approach works with. And then there's going to be some who are like, yeah, that's just not me. It doesn't work. And so I'm really glad that we're going to be able to give our listeners a couple of different options, Um, not just specific options on different types of budgets, Cody, but the whole underlying reason why we would even want to do that, how to unpack what would actually work and align with those specific clients, um, their, their situation, their attitude, their personality. And so I think this will be a really fun episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that the, the one that we're all pretty much aware of or familiar with, I would imagine, uh, would be the zero-based budget, right? Yep. Um, I think that that's probably the, the most popular one. That's the one that most people know. Um, and I know that for me specifically, that's the one that I do. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's the one that I kind of you know help my clients work through as well. But I will say there has been a couple of my clients that have struggled with that. Mm-hmm. And um, I've had to figure out something different to work with them. Um, and, you know, it's it's kind of like a, you know, it's almost like a trial and error. You know, like, okay, well, let's yeah. try this, see if it works. It works? Cool. If it doesn't, okay, let's try something else, you know? Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. And that can sometimes be frustrating. But, you know, at the end of the day, when you find something that does work, then you're like, yes, finally. And then everything mm-hmm. clicks and everything's good. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I legit just got out of a tutoring session with my my eight-year-old daughter who we're having this problem with math, right? Like, it doesn't click. And then I just know her when it clicks. Like It's like, oh, I get that. And now it works. But just like you said, Cody, when one little piece of it works, we're like, okay, let's put that down as a part of the foundation and then build upon that thing that worked. And so what I'm doing with her is exactly what we're needing to do with our clients. If I could just kind of back you up for a second, you said that you have some clients right now that you're trying the zero-based budget with, and it's not working. Could you tell us just a little bit about like what a what are some of the things that aren't working for your client with that? Like, why is it not working? I think that the biggest reason why it's not working is that it's almost too structured for them. Mm. Um, and they get like a little bit overwhelmed. And then when they get overwhelmed, they just kind of throw their hands up and they're like, well, I already messed up. So I might as well stop. Yep. You know, yep. um, Absolutely. And then they'll, they'll come to the next meeting. They're like, yeah, I messed up. <laughs> and then I just stopped doing it. And I was like, okay. Uh you know so So it's rigid it's rigid. yeah yeah that's that's the biggest issue i think for sure okay 
All right. Well, actually, I'm really glad you brought that up because that's one of the whole mindset things that I really like to talk about is that all or nothing thinking, and it just kicks us in the pants almost every single time. If we can't get over that, if I don't do it perfectly, then I haven't, I shouldn't do it at all mentality. We've got to be able to find something in the middle. And I know that for the clients that I work with, that the budget is just too stinking rigid for them. We shift our mindset from rigidity to intentionality. And we just talk about, you know what, it's okay if every single dollar doesn't have a name before the month begins. Let's just be intentional with where we're, where we're wanting to put our money to start with so that we know, is this in alignment or is this not in alignment? And we might have to make some of those decisions along the way, but it doesn't have to be predetermined. Uh, I don't know if you've ever run into that with clients, but that's one of the things I've run into, uh, a lot of resistance from the idea that it has to be predetermined. You know, when we hear the whole concept of make sure that you have completed your budget before the month begins. Every month before the month begins is one of the common phrases that we hear, right? On paper, on purpose, and before the month begins. And while I love the idea of on purpose, for sure, um, that whole idea of it has to be before the month begins, it kind of, unless we take it a step further, it removes that whole reality of life. And I know right. a lot of my clients get very frustrated with that. They're like, I can't possibly, I don't have a magic eight ball. I can't possibly know what's going to happen, you know, in this whole month. And especially when we're just getting started and they don't have money set aside for the what ifs. They don't have any of that. We're literally pumping the brakes and trying to do a U-turn in that first few months. They're like, I can't possibly predict all of this. So it becomes very frustrating for them when mm -hmm. things don't go as predetermined. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that with, if you're not able to like set up something within your budget that kind mm -hmm. of has that like leeway, that kind of buffer to where if something does come up, you know, you have something to use to actually like work through that. Um, that that's ultimately what can lead to people feeling like it's not working. That's what, that's what can lead to people feeling like, they're doing something wrong, you know, and uh, yeah. when in reality, it's just life, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, so what are some, some different types of budgets or I guess like different strategies that maybe you have tried with clients that have clicked um, and that might be a different alternative to the, to the normal zero-based budget? Yeah, and I, I would love to go into that, but before I do, I want to just just touch for a second on a couple of the other things that stop people, some of the, the thought process that stop people. So for example, um, I know that a lot of people feel very restrictive, like they hear the word budget and it conjures up for them this picture of when they were growing up and their parents, you know, like for me, I can tell you my, my own thing. Uh, my dad had, uh, you know, like one of those barf bins that you get at a... <laughs> at a hospital you know what I'm talking about yep. he kept yep. one of those I don't know if we have five kids in our family so maybe when one of us was born he brought that home I don't know but he had a bin like that up on top of the refrigerator and whether he's the one who paid the bill or my mom paid the bill they would just throw it all into that bin it was like a catch-all and then once a month they would pull that bin down and they would go through it on the kitchen table he'd have his little adding he's an accountant so you know he had his his adding machine right there and 
we would hear them argue about things. He would question, why did she spend this? And, you know, just the typical stuff that you hear. And so if you went to bed and heard parents arguing all the time when it was budget night, like we had this ongoing joke with our siblings, like, oh God, it's budget night again. You know, if you have that attachment, that emotional attachment to the word budget, you're not going to be excited to do it on a regular basis. And if you're believing that it's so restrictive, you're like, I don't, I don't want to restrict myself. We live in a society right now where everything is like super permissive and it's restrictive. And so when we have a coach who comes in and says, I know you've been having fun, but it's time to tap the brakes on that. And, and now we're not going to have any fun anymore. Who wants to do that? Right? Mm-hmm. So we can't just go from no discipline to all discipline and, and not have someone just be like, this is, this is too much. So with that, well, let me ask you, do you have any other mental things that come up for you and your clients? Otherwise, we'll just address the permissive one. Um, so the word budget is definitely something that I've noticed over time um, okay. that doesn't work or attract most people. Do you think that's uh, why? Because yeah. of the like the image it conjures up? Yeah, I think that people just think that it's restrictive and that, you know, they mm-hmm. won't be able to live their life if they want and, you know, stuff like that. So um, that's something that I've actually learned the hard way uh, even recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been kind of changing the word budget into a different name and it, it could be literally anything, you know. Um, but what I, what I have been saying lately is uh, money map instead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just sounds more inviting. It's not like in your face kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it makes sense, you know, it's a map for your money. Um, so people have been more receptive to that. Uh, it has a better connotation to it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing. And the other thing too, is like, you know, I think that we as coaches, we need to, we need to be able to communicate with our clients that yes, we're going to be having you on a budget or a money map of some sort. And yes, it's going to be intentional for what you want to accomplish. However, money is supposed to be enjoyed as mm-hmm. well. You know, um, yep. it's just finding that right balance that's going that that your that the client is going to be able to not only enjoy their their journey through whatever they're trying to accomplish, but also you know that they're going to be able to get the stuff done in a reasonable amount of time. You know, maybe it won't be as fast as if you were like, you know, scorched earth, super rigid, mm-hmm. but you're still going to get it done and you're going to, you're going to actually enjoy it way more, which means that your relationship with money at the end of the day is going to be so much better, so yeah. much higher that like when you finally do get that milestone accomplished, like whatever they are working on, they're not going to be like, it's not going to be like, you know, you, you get on like a diet and you like cut out all your favorite foods and you lose a bunch of weight and you get off the diet and you're like, I'm eating pizza and ice cream and cake, you know, yep. like, because that's what will happen. And mm-hmm. that's not, that's not the goal, you know? Yep. So finding that balance to where it can be more of a lifestyle as compared to something that you're just like going all in for, for a certain period of time is, is I think one of the most important things. Yeah. And really what you just described, Cody, was one of my favorite mantras is meeting the client where they are. You know, if you, if you meet them where they are and recognize that they 
they don't want the whole restrictive thing. And you know that they get actually pretty pumped up about having permission to spend. Then what you do to meet them where they are is reframe that money map or that budget, whatever you're going to call it, into permission to spend, right? You start showing them how having this in place will actually result in permission to spend. It will re it will relieve them from a lot of the guilt that they experience. You know, we hear a lot of the word, you know, a guilty pleasure, for example. As innocent as that seems, that is putting the idea of all pleasure must be guilt, right? Like we, we should feel guilt around that. And that's not, like that is true scarcity mentality right there, is that if we're going to enjoy something, we have to feel guilty about that. And it's just one small example of the words that we use without even realizing that we're using those words and showing up and saying, you know, this is, our subconscious says, well, if it's going to be pleasurable, then I should feel guilty about it. And so it's our job as coaches to help them, again, meet them where they are and reframe what is going on so that it is in alignment with what they're actually wanting to do. And I love what you said about how the, if they are super rigid, then their relationship with money is not going to be good either because that's ultimately what this is. It, that would be an abusive relationship, right? Like if you go all or nothing and there's no give and take, that is an abusive relationship and that's what's happening with money when you're like, I'm not doing anything that I actually wanted to do because I'm so focused on this one thing and it's like if you have an end in mind, that's great, but just remember, it's not always going to be that way, like the diet, like you said. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And if you're able to help your clients get away from that guilt and instead, you know, lean into, hey, like, it's a different perspective, you know, it's different mm -hmm. paradigms where you're like, this is actually giving you permission uh, up until a certain point, you know, um, obviously you don't want to blow the cap off but, uh, by any means, but if you're able to help them realize that it's a different perspective, it's a different side of the coin, that you're giving yourself permission and, and you shouldn't feel guilty about those things at all. Yeah. Um, I think that they really appreciate that, you know? I do too. Yep. And I think, like you said, it will be more long term for them and it will just end up being way more effective in the long run, I believe. So, mm -hmm. so yeah. with all of that, how do we meet them where they are with different types of budgets? If you've got somebody who is like, Cody, I just cannot, A, I can't do math, B, I can't plan, you know, pre-plan all of that. C, I, I have, maybe they have a, um, an inconsistent income. So they're, they're struggling with the idea of putting a specific dollar amount on something then one of my favorite things is one of the percentage-based budgets. So there's a couple ways that you can do that. You can just set out different percentages for all of these different categories if you'd like. Uh, sometimes that becomes a little bit overwhelming. You know, if you have the same number of categories in a percentage-based budget as you would, say, uh, like your zero-based budget, that could be very overwhelming to go, I want 3% here and 7% here. And like, it could take a lot to get to the 100%, right? Uh, mm -hmm. But if that works for them and that's really what's going to do something, then keep that percentage thing in mind. Uh, but another option is to do a wide percentage base that's more generalized. And this is very difficult for people who are used to literally naming every dollar <laughs> because because you don't do that with this. So one example is like the 50, 20, 30 budget where you decide that you're going to live on 
50% of your budget, of your income, and you're going to save and or invest 20%, and then the other 30% is for things that you really don't have to account for. They're just in the... In the old way of thinking, which I don't really ascribe to, but I know a lot of people do, so I'll just use the verbiage, um, is the needs versus wants, right? Um, so in the way that I just described it to you, one might say that 50% is your needs, 20% is the savings for you and for uh, your future self, and then the 30% is for your wants. And what that allows you to do then is have flexibility within each of those giant categories. Now, I am a giver, and so for me, I have tweaked that specific budget approach. I actually do 10% for giving, and I like to do some of it that is specific like to our church, but I also like to have what I call intentional giving. So I put a little bit of that, side, that money aside so that if we are feeling moved to help a specific family or if uh, you know an opportunity comes around where we're just like, yeah, that we really could help someone there, then we have the money to be able to do that. So I play around with the percentages based on what is important to me, and I also play around with those percentages based on what is important to my clients. The only rule there is you have to have it add up to 100%, right? Like you can't spend 300% of your income because that won't work, um, but it allows for some flexibility. And you mentioned earlier, Cody, the idea of trial and error. This is a really great way to have some trial and error because you're not feeling like you need to fix every dollar that gets messed up. You're just realizing within, oh, like maybe in order, my essentials for lifestyle are, you know, 47%, not 50. And so you can, you can play around with the percentages that way uh, when you're doing some of that trial and error. Yeah. Any questions about that before I tell you one of my other favorites? Not a question, uh, more so of a comment um, with the percentage one. I think that that would be the wide percentage one in, in particular. Mm -hmm. okay. um, I think that that one would be very, very helpful to the people that feel overwhelmed mm -hmm. by the zero base budget. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I Like to me, it's like, okay, like you have three or maybe four categories to like really put a name to. Mm -hmm. um, and as long as like, you know, you just sit down and you're like, okay, like, do these percentages make sense? Yes, they do. Okay, cool. Go out and do it. You know, yeah. um, it's just less involved. It's less like tedious, you know, like That's people. Perfect word for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. Like people, people feel like they actually can like live a little bit more and, and like not have to constantly think about it. And I yep. think that that's something that really would be helpful to people who, um, you know, maybe they, maybe a coach starts with a zero-based budget with the client, but they, for some reason, they're just not clicking with it. Um, that might be an option to try, you know, to try and switch mm -hmm. over to, and, and who knows, it might work. Mm -hmm. And coming from the, coming from the addiction side and from the behavioral side, and knowing that sometimes sometimes it's great to just flip everything on its side, but sometimes gradual change is actually better for people. Something like this might actually be a good thing to start with. Uh, you mm -hmm. mean you want to make sure you get all the numbers. I think the value to the zero-based budget is that what it does is it forces you to really see where you're spending your money, right? Like that, that part is very, very valuable because a lot of times we don't even know what we're doing. We just we do it and then we're like, oh crap, what, do we, what did we do to ourselves? Right. Um, and so the zero-based budget, at least looking back, 
it allows you to see where your spending really was and it allows you to see where you would like to keep that spending. But beyond that, that's where that rigidity comes in. That's where the tediousness comes in. And so if you, if you know all of that and you don't want to start with a zero-based budget, you can just do a spending guide, like a, like a spending audit, right? Like you see where are you spending your money. And so do that in place of the zero-based budget. And then you could start with the percentage one so that they feel like they're getting some flexibility, but they're also being intentional with that. Then if they decide that they'd like to be more intense and would like to be more intentional and more tedious, then you could absolutely move into that zero-based budget. So it could be good either way. I just wanted to at least let our listeners hear that it doesn't have to be starting with zero-based. You could use this as a step into uh, the whole concept of budgeting in general. So how do you know as a coach which one to start with? I like to ask a lot of questions. I know that's shocking that a coach would ask questions. Uh, but I, I like to find out what have they done in the past. So what have they done? What has worked for them? What hasn't worked for them? And then I unpack a little bit around what did they th what's the reason they think it hasn't worked? You know, so where did they slip up, if you will, and just give up? And that way we can see, is it a money script that's going on for them? Is it literally just, you know, that they saw they have this this vision of, like I said, the parents sitting at the table that's stopping from the, them from that. Is their lifestyle just not ready for that particular type of budget, right? Um, if they don't have, if you have a tedious budget and you don't have time for that, it's going to be a lot harder to actually stick to that. Does that make sense? So yeah. like I've always said that, you know, if I had, um, that eating healthy could be a lot easier if you had someone who's actually doing it because eating healthy requires a lot of prep. So when you're doing the prep, it's like, oh, now, now that's going to take the extra time. And I would liken the prep from like meal planning to you doing your budget. It's, it does take time and everything that's worth something takes time. I totally understand that. But if their lifestyle doesn't allow for all that time, but it would allow for creating this percentage thing, which by the way, I did not mention, but I like to automate a lot of that as well. So if they have, let's just go with the 50, 30, 20, just to make things simple. There have been people who have been like, I'm going to have separate accounts for each of these things, 50, mm -hmm. 30, and 20. And they just automatically put 50, 30, and 20 into each of those. And then they don't have to account for everything that's in there. Right. right. They they just they can spend it till it's gone if it's in the 50 percent or the 30 percent. And then they can just watch it as it accumulates in the 20 percent or rather than just straight accumulation. I actually believe in opportunities and investment in cash flow instead of just accumulating a whole bunch of money so they can see, OK, that 20 percent that I put aside for that. Now that is available for an opportunity that I see to invest in something and then they can use it at that point. And so the money's there for that. So automation can make things so much easier. There's a caveat to that, though. We need to make sure that we're touching our money on a regular basis, right? We have to have a good relationship with that money, so we need to touch. We need to show our love and affection to that money on a regular basis. And so we want to make sure that even if we've automated something, that we're at least engaging with it, whether that's opening up our our smartphones and just looking at the app and seeing, oh, is the money there? Or just moving, you know, $5 from here to here just to, to make sure that we're not just letting it sit stagnant, right? That That is actually yeah. an important thing to do. Um, but yeah, so does that answer your question on how do you figure out what the best type of budget is for your client? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's very, very important for you to have those conversations 
you mm-hmm. know, like, don't just assign something to them. Like, you know, yeah. you can even go as far as, as to say, like, hey, you know, there's these two different types or these there's these three different types. Um, here's the pros and cons of all of them. Uh, based off of what we've discussed so far and the questions that I've asked you, which one do you think makes the most sense? You know, mm-hmm. and just see what they say. And, and I would say that more than likely, they're going to choose the one that you also feel is probably the best for them as well. Um, That's a good point. Yeah, which, you know, that just means that you're intuitive and you understand, you can like understand people. Um, Mm -hmm. But if for some reason they're different, uh, you can either A, say, okay, cool, let's try it. Or B, you can kind of push back a little bit and be like, you know, we could do that, but I would maybe recommend this one and here's why. And then just have a conversation with it uh, or with them, sorry and just see where it goes, you know? And, mm-hmm. and that way, at least like you're letting them know in advance, like, hey, I'm open to trying this because it's what you wanna do. But just so you're aware, there's this other thing too that we might wanna keep on the back burner if it mm-hmm. doesn't work, um, mm-hmm. you know, within a certain period of time. And that way yeah. they know that you're open to having options. They know that there's other options for them. And, you know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. There's no mm-hmm. like hard feelings. and you know, you can try something new. Mm -hmm. Yep. And the other thing too, is that you can, if even if, so like if they choose something that you're not quite sure would be in their best interest, but as a coach, you know that sometimes having them figure it out for themselves is what's in their best interest. It's good for you to be aware of some of the pitfalls that could come up and maybe even share some of those potential pitfalls, but allow those pitfalls to happen. And then when they happen, kind of go back and not remind them it's not like an I told you so right but it's like it's like okay so now that that particular pitfall happened what do you think what was it what do you think happened why do you think that happened that way and how do you think that that was a predictable thing right and and so when they can go oh it was predictable because of dot 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 and then it can start to have them understand why you know more than they think you know about their situation rather than just you know, yeah, we could try that, or I don't want to do that, you know, with you. It gives them, sometimes we just have to learn through hard knocks, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, you know, we have to let our kids fall down on the bike, right? Like, even though yep. we know that they're going to fall, and they're like, I got this, mom, or the kid who, who leaves our house, and they're like, I got this. And then they yep. come back, because they're like, I don't got this. <laughs> yep. We sometimes just, that's how we learn as human beings. And so um, I think that that's important as well with them. Can I share with you one other uh, budget that I'm betting most of our listeners and have never heard of? Uh, they might think I'm so crazy and off the rails that they're going to hit stop on this episode right now. I don't know. Uh, but I don't expect it to be something that you go out and use right away. But I do want to let you know about it because it's a different way of looking at things. And it's just been such a fun awareness exercise for a lot of people. So one of the budget approaches that I like to use with some of my, especially my creative people, so people who are artists, musicians, just a lot of creative-minded people, is a color-based budget. And we... Mm, Okay. (laughs) It's like, hmm, how many people just hit stop on this? Uh, But it's, (laughs) it's because sometimes people are honest to God just afraid of numbers. Like they're just, they, they're freaked out by numbers in general. So no matter how creative you try to get with, oh, we'll just do percentage and we'll just do that. They're like, I don't like numbers and I don't know what to do. Like I have an aversion to those. And so what I like to do is play around with patterns instead. 
And so we will, when we're doing like that money audit, we'll figure out different patterns in their spending with colors. Like we'll use highlighters and talk about like what categories are these different things. So they're not even looking at numbers, dollars spent, but they're looking at how many times did they spend something in that category, right? So we're starting to see more behavior patterns. And then with the actual budget, um, you can actually set up like red, green, yellow so that people know like this is kind of a, an area where they have decided according to their priorities that it's more destructive for them. And it's, it's not someone telling them you should feel guilty about this. It's just like given your set of ideals, your set of goals, this is going to be more destructive for you. So that, that gets a red, red for stop, you know. Uh, yellow is going to be, eh, it probably isn't going to get you to your goal as fast as you want, but just be careful how much you put in there. And then green is like, this is this is the stuff that's going to get you where you want to go. So it, it kind of gives you a, a different way of talking about it with the client. Just, hey, was that a yellow one? That's a green. How do you feel about that particular expense? Hey, I'm seeing lots of pink over here. I'm seeing lots of blue. And depending on what you assign to that color, they're like, oh, yeah, I, I really would rather have more of the green than some of the pinks over here or the reds, right? And so... I know it sounds nuts <laughs> and you have to kind of, you have to own it. Like you have to be excited about it in order to actually do it with a client. Um, but I have been finding that some people really are, they're feeling very relieved. Like they're also feeling like they're in the driver's seat and that it's really more based around their natural tendencies than it is around like what some person's prescribed was going to be the correct percentages for this category and so on and so forth. So thank you for letting me share that. Yeah, so how do you how do you kind of like assign how much money goes to each color? Like is it is it something to where you're like it's almost like a zero based budget or a percentage based budget budget, but then you just add the color thing into it as well to kind of like give it that visual appeal? Is that how it's set up or is it set up completely separately? So the spreadsheet side of it is set up like what you just said, right? So there, it will it will track, it'll do all the stuff. It does take into account numbers because again, you can't spend or save or invest or whatever more than a hundred percent of right. what you make. So it right. does have to take money into account, the actual numbers into account. But before you actually do that piece of it, the the money audit, if you will, is it's not a specific amount that you assigned anything. That's where you're just finding out what is your tendency, where do you tend to spend that. And what that also does is it gives them the opportunity to identify waste in their budget without me saying that that was wasteful. Right. Because that's the other huge thing. It's a huge turnoff for people when they hear someone say, well, you know, if you just gave up that coffee every single day, or if you just gave up eating out, you know. Uh, but what we do instead is we, when we're doing this audit, we have them set up the different categories. And it's not, it's not categories like, you know, this is your car and this is your insurance. And this is, it's actually more psychological categories. So it's more like this particular category, this, this spending is, geared towards who you're wanting to become as an individual. This this spending is geared towards just the essentials of living, you know, whether that would that's like the old needs if you would. Um right. this particular category is about the experiences that you're creating and the memories that you're creating. And so it's definitely more along the lines of 
overall, who do you want to become? What do you want your money map to represent? Because I'm a firm believer that our money is just a representative of who we really are and what's going on in our life and our values. And if that is not in alignment, then we start to go, crap, that's not even what I value. I don't value these things and this is what I'm spending my money on because of things like apathy, because of things like laziness, because of things like I don't even value. And Or sometimes it's just, I don't know how. I don't know any better, right? One of my favorite lines from a coach that I was working with, but he wasn't even talking about money, but when he said it, I, might, I feel like maybe I said it on here before, but it's the idea that um, it seems so simple, but we were taught wrong, so it's hard. That's yeah. huge. It's like these things that just, like, it should be simple, but because we were taught wrong and we just kept doing it over and over and over and over, now shifting that can be very, very difficult. And so if we want to make that shift for our clients, then what we're wanting to do is help them see who they're becoming and what the overall picture wants to be so that their budget can be a reflection of that for them. I like it a lot. I'm actually taking some notes. <laughs> well, I'm no, happy honestly, to hear that. <laughs> I knew that you did the color-based budget um, just because I've seen you promote it before, mm-hmm. but I didn't know anything about it. And... Uh, with me being a musician myself, it's actually very appealing to me. And I'm thinking, I, I just signed a, cu- a couple new clients recently. And one of them, um, you know, she makes great money, but she just like, she's told me that she's tried to budget before, but it's like, she doesn't like the numbers. It's too, too like rigid. So this might be something that I might want to present to her as an option and just see what she thinks. Um, it would be my first time trying it, but I think that it might work for her. Yeah. And, you know, just, I know we didn't, we didn't talk about this ahead of time, but since you mentioned that she makes really good money and yet never seems to do what she wants to with it, um, the whole idea of money scripts just came to mind because you know of the good old adage, the starving artist. I mean, you were one for a while, Uh, but that is, that, that can be very, very detrimental for people. You know, because they believe that in order to be an artist, they have to be a starving artist. And so even though they don't recognize, (laughs) excuse me, they don't recognize that they're doing it subconsciously, they are repelling income. Either they're repelling income or they're getting the income and they're repelling what they actually want to do with it because they believe they're a starving artist. And so that's just one other thing. Even if the color thing doesn't work with her, just working on some of that mentality of, you know, you're not a starving artist. You're a very, you're a wealthy artist, right? Like just switching that for her so she can see that she actually doesn't need to repel that anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. Oh, anyway, awesome. yeah, so I appreciate you letting me share all three of those. Are there any that you use that you'd like to add to that? Or Honestly, uh, those were the ones that I personally have, have used, both the zero okay. base and the percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll be honest with you, I use mostly zero base, but there has been a couple times where I've had to move over to percentage, and that was just for me learning mm-hmm. um, along with the client. Um, but the, the color-based one... I, I actually really like that idea. Um, and I, I think that me personally, I'm going to try and implement that on a few of my clients that I think it might work for. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I urge the listeners to do the same thing too. I'm sure that you have at least one person that you're like, oh yeah, this person, this person might benefit from this. Just try it, you know? Um, and you can even tell them like, hey, I was listening to the Financial Coaches podcast. <laughs> 
and they said to do if this. they're still here, no. I'm telling you, I wonder how many people just like that lady's crazy. And I just, I don't right. know. Um, but if they're still here, yes, yes. I think that <laughs> feel free to share where you learned this little fun technique. Um, yeah, I've never seen it out there before. I have seen uh, like the red, yellow, green in an Excel portion mm -hmm. before. I've never seen uh, the, the whole like money audit using the colors and stuff. That's something that I just came up with out of nowhere um, when I was working with a specific client and I I was just trying to come up with an activity that would be really good for her and when I tried that with her and I just started to realize I'm a creative minded person myself and I have a lot of artists in my family and stuff and I'm like you know what I wonder if this would work with other creatives and that seems to be who are really interested in that because they're just mm -hmm. like I just don't like the idea of numbers in general and the numbers like I said they have to come into play at some point but it's the patterns in our behavior that are really what is important. And so if you can just shift those slight patterns and see where you want to shift that, it's really fun to start talking to them in terms of color. It, it, they're like, yeah, you know, I've spent a little bit over here in the green, spent a little bit in blue. <laughs> like, yeah. And so, yeah, makes it more well, fun for us too. And I, I think that most people, not all people, but I think that most people are, are visual learners too. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I think that helps. So yeah yeah i like yeah. it awesome very cool well thank you for having this fun conversation with me so i, I just i love when we don't know what we're going to talk about specifically because <laughs> no, really because yeah. it just it becomes so real and raw and the questions are are like legit so i'm really glad we had this conversation me too me too so for all of you who are out there listening thank you so much for tuning in today feel free to Come and just play with us because that's what we do. Like we have these conversations. We like to just toss ideas around and they can play with us in the Facebook group. And I always screw this up. I believe it's New Money Habits Financial Coaches Facebook group. Yes? That's correct. Yeah. It's going to be a good week, you guys. Um, <laughs> so they can come play there. And uh, as always, please feel free to like and subscribe to this. Share this episode or this podcast in general with your friends who you think would benefit from this as well. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Financial Coaches Podcast, brought to you by New Money Habits and Sizemore Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our host by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes and join our growing group of like-minded coaches on Facebook. And until next time, happy coaching. Music provided by Summer School.